It is what it is. On to the next Sunday night, Eagles. I don't know what's up. We ain't losing back to back, so we're just going to take all that, what we did. What we ain't do this week, we're going to apply it next week. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good, it's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams, it's the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, so you know what that means, it's big ups, it's pro football focused stats, a little bit more venting from that Bears game will probably happen at some point, and of course, some encouragement moving forward, you know that's how I do it, make sure to go give us a follow Hit the subscribe button. Share with your friends. I appreciate it. Numbers are great this year. We've seen a big growth in everybody. So everyone that's been listening since day one, which, by the way, is about 250 episodes of Lockdown Rams is what I've done so far. I appreciate it so much. And everyone that's just joining in, welcome. Let's do this. We're doing five days a week. Rams content, news, information, updates, opinions, all that and more with a great slate of guests Obviously, we have our crossover tomorrow with the Lockdown Eagles. Excited to kind of pick their brain about this game coming up. We're both coming off of a loss, so interesting take on on both sides here. And then we got Vinny Bonsignor on Thursday and Serena Morales to wrap it up. And that's what we call an awesome week here in Lockdown Rams. So go give us a follow. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Stay tuned. This is an awesome episode. I've got some really fun things. You have a chance to win season tickets to the Rams next year, so stay tuned. It's coming up later in the show, and I'll tell you how you can do that. Also, we're getting involved with DraftKings. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit later. There's a fun competition going on this week with the Eagles and us, and I'd like to get you guys involved, so I'll tell you a little bit more later about that as well. Also, social media, got to say it. Go give us a follow. Lockdown Rams, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. I really appreciate all the questions that came in today. I'm going to do my best to get to as many as I can because, you know, big ups Tuesday. I don't play around. You, you submit. I'm going to try to give you a shout out. So uh, we'll do our best here to get through some of those. And then pro football focus. So we got a good one today, man. Hang in. Buckle in. You got about 30 minutes of Rams content coming your way. I just watched the Monday night football game. Man, that was boring, weirdly entertaining. I don't know. Seattle's going to pull this one out. Uh, Kirk Cousins is doing his best to try to ruin my cousin's fantasy football season. He needed, like, literally he needed two points from Kirk Cousins. He got it. Kirk Cousins then had a a strip fumble. His points went down. It looks like he's driving again here in the fourth quarter and it's going to save him. But, man, this one's been ugly uh, from the Vikings, they really don't want to be in the playoffs. And, you know, it looks like the Seahawks do. looks like they will make it. So I've said it all along. I'll say it again. I'm pulling for the Seahawks to make the playoffs. One, it makes our division look a little bit better. And two, come on, Seahawks. Come and try to come in the Coliseum and get a win. I would love to see that matchup. Because the only thing better than beating the Seahawks twice is beating them three times. And that's something that I think we can do this year. So, But, hey, some people out there don't want to see the Seahawks in the playoffs. But... I'm excited. I hope that works out. So let's get to some Ram stuff, though, huh? Let's just kick this baby into gear. And we'll start with some pro football focus numbers. Again, got to find some positive things to talk about this game because there were some some highlights. And on the offense, it's really tough to find them. But 
One would be Gerald Everett, second-year tight end. He had the Rams' highest-graded offensive player against the Bears on Sunday night with 75. That tells you right there. It's kind of a rough game. 75 was our highest-rated offensive player. He caught four of his six targets, two which went for first downs. His 77.8 passer rating, when targeted, was the highest among all receivers with two or more targets. Everett has the highest receiving grade among all tight ends since week eight with at least 20 targets, and that's 89.2 is his grade there. So uh, he is definitely trending up, and if you look at the snap count, he actually got more snaps than Tyler Higbee did. So there's a there's kind of a trend going that way as far as uh, we're starting to lean on Gerald Everett a little bit more than Tyler Higbee. Uh, we'll see how that plays out because we're going to need these guys down the stretch to pick up uh, where Cup has kind of left us as far as production goes. And we talked about Todd Gurley. We wanted more Todd Gurley. Well, here's a little fun pro football focused stat. I say that while rolling my eyes because we want touchdowns, yards, and all that yak that he always does. In this game, he only saw 11 carries. Believe me, I've said it a thousand times, and I'll probably vent about it some more. But in this game, Todd Gurley made his mark in the passing game as a blocker. That's not how I want my MVP candidate, but he did. He finished with his second highest pass blocking game of the season with an 82.5 on eight pass block snaps. He didn't allow a single quarterback pressure, and he hasn't done that since week 11. So uh, it's one of the things that you, you calculate in as Todd Gurley being amazing is his pass blocking. You saw it a handful of times. He went out there, he chipped Cleo Mack, and then went out for a route, or he just stayed in and helped Jared Goff in protection because our offense line wasn't doing such a great job on it. So for Todd Gurley to have our best pass blocking grade, says something about the O-line and what happened on Sunday night and hopefully something that we can correct. Flipping the table to the defense, this is where things really were good. And actually, looking at this, but we didn't see this before yesterday, but me and James were pretty spot on on our game balls as far as defense. I'll lead off with mine, which was Nickel Roby Coleman was mine. He earned his highest single-game grade since becoming a Los Angeles Ram. 91.8 was the grade. He saw a season-high six targets come his way and only allowed one of those to be caught for eight yards. He broke up one target and intercepted another to allow a quarterback rating of zero as the primary defender in coverage against the Bears. Zero. So, Nikel Roby Coleman, NRC, was holding it down, flying around, making some plays. He did have a pass interference that was kind of costly at one point, but... Again, uh, they were fighting, and you know, I'm okay with an aggressive play there. But overall, he was flying around making tackles and obviously zero quarterback rating when targeting uh, his direction. So great game. Hopefully he can build off that. And I love to see these guys starting to play a little bit more of the traditional role that they were brought here for, and that's that's NRC right there. Another guy, this was James's game ball. This is another guy that kind of jumped off the page. After struggling through much of the season, quarterback Marcus Peters earned his highest grade of the season with 80.2 overall defensive grade. He faced six targets as the primary defender in coverage. He did allow three catches, but only for 16 yards. He broke up a pass and intercepted another to allow a 16.7 passer rating into his coverage, the lowest all season in a game where he's faced at least one target. So best game of the season for him. And I think this just shows things that we've talked about, him getting a little bit more comfortable, getting back into his traditional role, just like I just mentioned with NRC, is that they don't have to do things that they really weren't brought here to do. And Marcus Peters wasn't brought here to be the number one corner and the lockdown guy on the number one wide receiver. He was brought here to kind of float out there, make some plays, keep his eye on the quarterback, 
and jump routes. And he's starting to do that again. And then also he's getting his confidence back. You can tell it by the way he's attacking the ball and making tackles. He had one where it was a wide receiver screen, and he came out and popped the guy really good. And that's what I like to see. Got up, talked some trash. That's the Marcus Peters I love. And it seems to be like he's back right now. So super excited about that. What we're going to do, we're going to step aside we're going to get to some words from our advertisers. I promise you, you're going to want to listen in on these. These are good coming up. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but we'll be right back on the other side. Tuesday's Locked On Rams, Bear Modern. We'll be right back. All right, Rams Nation, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I'm super excited about this one. We've never had anything like this on the podcast. So if you're spacing out somewhere, check back in right now because I'm talking about season tickets to the 2019 Rams season. You know who's going to do that for you? That's Dave Robles. He is my man. I talked to him the other day. He's been a top producing realtor in L.A. for over 20 years. Dave's from Los Angeles, so he knows the city in and out. He's a really strong negotiator, and believe me, he negotiated this deal pretty well. So he understands how to get you a good deal on a home or top dollar on your current home if you're selling. Believe me, check this out. He had a story the other day that he was telling me about a home that was going for $799,000. could not get it sold. They handed it over to Dave. Guess what he does? He goes out and gets $850,000. Literally put $50,000 more into the client's pocket. If that's not exciting, I don't know what is. Maybe 2019 Ram season tickets. He'll get you that too. If you have any questions or want to know more about buying or selling a house, you got to call my man, Dave. He's got excellent Yelp reviews and Zillow reviews. Super awesome guy. Easy to talk to. And believe me, he's going to take care of you. Check out his website, daverobles.com, D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Tell him Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams sent you, and guess what? That's right, 2019 Ram season tickets are yours. And if you're selling your house and you're going to move, can't take the season tickets, he'll give you equal value or a discount. Make sure you get something. He's Believe me, he'll take care of you. So again, daverobles.com. D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com or call them at 213-712-4343. There's season tickets with your name out there. If you're buying or selling a house, give my man Dave a call. Rams fans, this Sunday is a huge showdown with Philadelphia. And this single game will go a long way in clearing up the playoff picture. And it could go a long way for you with a huge win in cash prizes. Cash prizes. Single game fantasy football is the new way to play DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. If you've been thinking about trying out DraftKings, now is the time. DraftKings has taken fantasy football from just one week to just one game, making it easier to draft your lineup. All you have to do is draft six players from the Rams-Eagles game one captain and five other players. Remember, your captain will earn 1.5 times the points. So go for value with Josh Reynolds or stick with star power with Todd Gurley. It's that simple. Six players, one game. Just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Use the code LOCKEDON to enter in a single game fantasy football contest for free this week with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. Remember, that code is locked on only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Minimum deposit's only $5, so it's easy to get on. 
Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And I'm going to be hosting a league this week, so look out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll be putting up my league so you can join it. We'll all compete together. One game, one big winner, Eagles-Rams. Remember, that's DraftKings, and promo code is locked on. All right, everybody, we are back. This is the Tuesday edition. Your boy, Bear Martyr, running you through the episode today. It's a big ups. It's a shout-out time. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull some of the questions I got on Facebook. Our group is killing it, man. Group is killing it. Twitter, need you to step it up a little bit. And then, of course, I got to give shout-outs to the people that call in. I got to find this number. Where's this number? All right, here it is. Call in, man. Let's let's hear you. I want to hear. I thought I'd get some really good venting sessions after this Bears game, but uh, only one call. My man Reggie out from Vegas. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, the number is six five seven three four five four nine eight eight. It's a Google voicemail. Don't worry, I'm not gonna pick it up and say oh, I'm recording you right now. It's just a voicemail. Leave voicemail. If it sucks, uh, delete it. Try again, or just call me back and say, hey, don't use that one. I, I messed up or whatever. I don't care. Uh, just give your boy a call. Uh, we do this uh, every Tuesday, so if you want to call earlier in the week, we you know leave a question for uh, Vinny or Serena or James on Monday. You know, let me know. I don't care. We'll, we'll try to play them as, as much as we can, but Tuesday is usually the show that we try to get that done. Uh, so back to that, and really I want to give a shout-out to Reggie. Like I just mentioned, calling from Vegas. And Reg, man, you left me like a five-minute voicemail. It cut off, and uh, when I went to download it, it came up blank. I could hear it on the on the app. I couldn't get it to download, but here's what Reggie had to say. I'm going to share it because he really was leaving you guys a voicemail out in Rams Nation to say everything's going to be okay. He did have a couple things to kind of break down. So here's here's the gist of it, Reggie. I'm still going to represent you out here. He said, overall, the defense showed up. we got to be really happy about that. Uh, you know, the three turnovers we had were really impactful. We still need improvement in the run D, he mentioned, which I think we can all agree with that. Uh, to be complete as a defense, but he was really excited to see the defense really kind of step up and and you know be that unit that we needed to win a big ball game like this. Uh, and then he kind of went into the McVay and and talked about him in big games, and he brought up a couple good points about McVay in some big games. Kind of tends to forget about Todd Gurley. You can go and look at this Bears game, obviously, you can go to that Saints game, and then the playoff game with the Falcons. You know, Todd Gurley, we're begging to get him involved, obviously. Uh, in that Kansas City game was a little banged up. But Todd Gurley, again, not a big game um, in these big-time games. So something about that, McVay gets a little maybe caught up in the moment of things and, and goes back to his pass-heavy uh, situations, trying to move the ball that way. But you got to lean on your guy, Todd Gurley. Uh, he talked about him being young and having a chance to improve that over time. And you know, got to remember he's still a really young quarterback, but uh, he expects to hit him to you know review some film and fix that. And then he kind of said, it's okay to lose right now. We still have an opportunity to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs with obviously some help from the Saints losing and whatnot. But overall, Reggie was really positive on this, basically highlighted a couple things. I wanted to share it, Reg. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't get it to play on here, uh, but it cut off. And then for some reason, when I went to download it, it was just blank. So we'll give it another try next time. But big ups, Reggie. Still got to get you on the show, my man. 
All right, moving along. We're going to, well, let's jump over to Twitter because we got one from Russ at 805 Rams. I kind of called him out because I know he's on Twitter and he always wants to be involved as much as he can. So I gave, I gave him a shot to enter a question and he did. And it kind of comboed with a couple questions. So I'm going to do a couple big ups here. So Russ's question, what do you guys think about the defensive front? The defense, although improving, somehow still looks like it has giant holes, specifically everywhere around AD. And then I'm going to combo this with Andrew Backham. Andrew Batcham? Backham? I'll just call him Andrew B. He said, I know it's been kind of discussed before, but Sue has been very underwhelming. Donald was getting triple team last night, and Sue couldn't get in there. I don't know, and I feel like he's not helping much with stopping the run. So I just don't see where he's making an impact. Thanks. So those two kind of go hand in hand, right? We're talking D-line. And my big thing is I'm answering Russ's question about they're kind of underwhelming as far as a unit. I agree. That defensive front, you think if you're going to – I mean, there was pictures and, and still frames that came out and even you know little videos that you saw of – Aaron Donald getting double and triple teamed. And you think a guy like Sue is going to be able to create some space and get in there. We had another person kind of comment in and say that he thinks our personnel might be better in a 4-3. Sue specifically feels like we're just not getting the most out of him. It's not a work ethic thing. It's not an effort thing. Uh, we should be a dominant D, but we aren't. Sue, Brockers, Joyner, Barron all have been major disappointments. And that comes from at RN underscore Kylo. K-Y-L-O. Go give him a follow. All good points, but you're right. This defensive line has been weirdly impressive and unimpressive at the same time, which is crazy to say because Aaron Donald has been so dominant. He kind of covers up some of the ugliness, and, and we get kind of caught up in the awe of Aaron Donald, but you're right. I don't know if Sue's just not fitting into the 3-4, and he's not finding a way to be productive, but but there's times in the run game, and we talked about this a little yesterday. It wasn't so much a lot of missed tackles, even though we've been, you know, kind of killing Barron for that throughout the season. It's just no one was there. There were these big gaps for, you know, people to run through. So I don't know if that's, you know, we got to fix some things at linebacker as well. Uh, but our, our line up front, great rushing the passer. But I think everyone in the NFL knows that by now. But something's got to be fixed. You know, I'm not seeing Sue, Brockers even. He had one of his best games a couple games ago, but the consistency of stopping the run. I mean, your interior defense alignment, that's your number one thing. You got Aaron Donald doing it all, and if he gets double, triple teamed, who's going to step up? And I think down the stretch, it's going to be big. We've seen Tlaib come back and really help sure up that secondary. Now it's time for our defensive front to have a little bit of accountability, stay in their lanes, and that linebacking course got to come up and meet a, meet a running back in a hole at some point because – there's just too many gaps that they're running through. Cohen, we're going to see another guy like that this week in Sproles. So containing him at the line of scrimmage is going to be huge for us. So great points by all you guys. Big ups, Andrew B. Big ups, Russ. I appreciate the questions. Keep them coming. All right, I have no clue where I'm at with time on this segment. So we're going to do another one. Then we're going to take a break. This one comes from Richie Starks. Big up, Richie. Big fan of the show. Longtime listener. I appreciate it. Always Throwing in on the Locked On Rams Facebook group. If you guys aren't in there yet, jump in. Some good content. Here's what Richie had to say. We are still undefeated with McVay when Gurley has 20 or more touches. Why didn't the best running back in the league get the ball? Man, that is the question of the week. And I think if we knew that, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here right now because hopefully he would have got a lot more touches. But McVay touched on it. 
on his press conference. I was waiting for the Sean McVay show to come out with JB Long. It sounded like they were going to address that. Maybe I'll try to find that clip and play it tomorrow to get a little bit more on that. But basically, he said that they were playing some base defense. They had six guys up near the line of scrimmage, and they thought that the passing was going to be a better opportunity there. But if you're running play action and you haven't ran the ball, and I understand there's a lot of throws that come out of 11 personnel, and he kind of mentioned that with 11 personnel, uh, it, it's kind of tough to go against that base defense and really get a running game going other than kind of running outside to the zone. But we got to figure it out somehow because if they're going to stack the box and they're going to switch up the defense to our offense, then we've got to make adjustments at halftime. Would have been a great time for this and have some sort of package that we can go to to kind of throw teams off. If they've trained all the time for this 11 personnel, if at halftime we come out and we're in – you know, we got a fullback back there. Maybe put John Kelly's a big dude, let him block for Todd Gurley and try to go ground and pound Chicago football up the middle and, and really let Gurley start to eat. They'd be a little thrown off by that, I would assume, right? They game plan for 11 personnel. So you got to be flexible to kind of go away from the pattern occasionally if it's not working. I think that's something McVay's going to watch a little bit and even just give the man the ball. Run some screens. When was the last time we saw three or four screens in a game? I would have loved to see a few more of those. I know the Bears defense was all over the place, and it was tough to get anything going. But uh, Richie's right, man. If the guy's getting 11 touches, you got to, at some point, you got to look at the play sheet and go, wow, you know, at halftime. He's only got six carries at halftime. Not cool. We got to come out the gate, run, run, run. It wasn't like we were out of this thing by 20 points, and it had to be thrown every time. Uh, so I agree with you, Richie. we got to give him the ball more. I'm sure McVay is being preached that a whole bunch right now. And we'll see what happens in this uh, next game against the Eagles. Bounce back game. Todd Gurley calling it now. Two touchdowns. Let's go. All right, guys. I'm looking at the clock. It's, it's at like 30 minutes right now. I know I got some stuff to edit out and I had some dead space. But what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to the other side. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back. Tuesday edition. Big ups edition. More of your questions on the other side. We'll be right back after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Tuesday edition. Big ups. This is your show, people. You guys reached out. I got a bunch of awesome questions. We're going to try to get to them all. So let's just jump right back into it. This one comes from Jacob Harrowood. Harrowood? Harrowood. We'll just call him Jacob H. Great question. What Jacob said was, commentator during the Lions game was saying the Lions laid a nice blueprint to stop the Rams offense. Maybe he was right, question mark. McVay tends to forget we have number 30 in the backfield. I just finished my give the ball to Gurley rant, so I totally agree with you. And yeah, as teams late in the season, they get a lot of film on the Rams. They're going to put together uh, some pretty good game plans. We saw back-to-back weeks in the NFC North, specifically, uh, that they were able to do that. Todd Gurley, at least in the Lions game, was able to put up about 127 yards or something like that and get two touchdowns. So they couldn't shut him down. But then again, he had 26 touches in that game, and that's what we talked about. Over 20, McVay and Todd Gurley undefeated. So give the man the ball. He had 132 yards. Uh, correction there but uh yeah these guys are going to start putting together some some good schemes to kind of attack our offense but that's what we talked about with McVay having to use his adjustments just like Wade Phillips we talked earlier in the year with the defense Sean McVay is going to have to make those same adjustments at halftime so Jacob you're right it's not going to be a hidden secret 
when it comes playoff time, how this Rams offense gets it done, and the style in which our offense plays. So we got to be ready to, you know, move on the fly and adjust. So something we got to keep an eye out for, for sure. So big ups, Jacob. Thanks for the question. Next, Boondi Williams. Boondi, my man, coming from all the way down in Australia, all the way down under, mate. Good on you, mate. He says, Jared Goff has had an ordinary fortnight. I think he's talking about previous night. That's a little Aussie talk there. Is this just a form of slump or has the league figured out our offense? Kind of similar question we just talked about. He goes on to say, there's an old saying, form is temporary, class is permanent. Let's hope it's that. Hashtag Rams down under. Well, you're right. And if we're talking about it, I think the Rams, Sean McVay and Jared Goff are the class. And I think this will be something that we put together long-term success. So I don't think it's more the temporary factor of that old saying, and I sure hope not. But you're right. Jared Goff's been slumping a little bit. And he said in the post-game press conference that he's going to have a bad game in his career. And he's going to have two bad games in his career, potentially back-to-back. And if he plays as long as he wants to, it's going to happen again. So let's just hope that this is something that he can shake off. And this is more of the slump you talked about than the league really figuring him out. I mean, if you look at games past, he's usually been pretty good under pressure. He's been able to deliver the ball under pressure. He's a tall quarterback, can see over the pocket, and he's not afraid to take a hit. We saw that in his first year and even his days at Cal. He got beat up a lot, but he kept fighting through. He stays in the pocket, delivers the ball. Uh, So I think it was just, I don't know what it was, to be honest. It was just a bad game. I think Uh, Back-to-back bad games. And obviously, the one before, he was able to at least move the offense and put some points on the board. He missed throws in this one, just like Sean McVay. He's talked about getting back to the game film, checking it out, watching how to get better. That's what they're going to do. And that's what he has to do because the Eagles are coming out here for Sunday Night Football, and he's got to be prepared. So this week, we'll show a little bit more into your question, and we'll have a better idea if this is truly a slump or people are really starting to figure him out because the Eagles' defense is another pretty good defense. And I expect Jared Goff is going to bounce back and deliver some good balls for us. So I guess only time will tell. But I appreciate the question. Keep them coming. Thanks for listening all the way down under. I don't know why I have to say down under like that. I just, uh, I just, I have to. My saint killed a homie. All right, our next question comes from Madison Prop. She says, this is a team that doesn't like to lose. Do you think in a backwards way, losing to the Saints and the Bears in the regular season Gives us an edge against them in the playoffs. Great question, Madison. I like it because, you know me, I'm always trying to take the positive spin. And I think this actually could be true in a sense of, you know, getting that taste of actually losing, especially against a team you may face again, uh, could give you a little advantage. And I know I talked trash earlier about the Seahawks and wanting to beat them three times. And, yes, someone could say, well, would that play into what you talked about the Seahawks earlier, facing them for the third time? No, that's because we own them. They're our little brother. They don't count. But in this situation, I think in general, the loss helps us. It kind of refocuses near the end. You're 11-2. and two. You've gone so far without losing so many games. It's good to see some adversity. And both those guys talked about it in the press conference. We just talked about McVay and Goff. And they talked about they've been preaching it all year. So it's time to go and show us that exactly what they've said, right? How do you bounce back from adversity? That undefeated season that we were chasing earlier in the year when we lost to the Saints went out the window. So now it's all open game, right? Lose a couple games, it's fine. Put yourself in a position to win enough games, one, to get a home playoff game, which we have right now, two, to get home field 
advantage throughout the playoffs. That's our next goal right now. And if we do see the Saints and Bears, if we do what we have to do the rest of the season, they're going to be coming out to L.A. So you get that home field advantage, what you saw in that KC game, getting that crowd into it and allowing our fans to get behind our team. And then also you're playing in Southern California. So no cold weather playoff games. If we get to the Super Bowl, it's in a dome, or as my uncle calls it, a spaceship. So we shouldn't have to go on the road and play in a crazy environment the rest of the way. But losing to these guys, I'm good with it, right? Kind of sometimes it's good to get a little punch in the gut, figure out where you need to focus on, and find your weaknesses. Because if we get to the playoffs and no one's really picked us apart yet, and we face that adversity, like if this happened in the playoffs and we played the Bears and we saw that defense and weren't able to you know, build from that and know that that might be coming, we might be in trouble. But these these losses, I swear, they do bring some good throughout them. So, Madison, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to help. I don't know if it gives us a direct edge against those two teams in the playoffs, but I think it really builds character within this team. They got to come together, talking about that adversity all, all the time. So now it's their time to actually live through that, what they've been saying. So, all right, a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Will Powell, my man overseas again we got these international listeners will and he says as james said on monday's episode the defense is looking nice right now one example is being peters getting back and grabbing that interception again how much of this has been brought on by the return of Talib's veteran leadership and talent to the lineup and then he gives a little extra love the show man always thanks for putting a smile back on my face after a tough loss you're welcome my man that's what we got to do you know me only one way to do it i'm gonna stay up i'm gonna find the positive we're 11 and 2 life is good as far as your question goes, 100% to leave's return and that leadership has been huge. You heard of the pro football focus numbers earlier in the show with Marcus Peters and NRC, allowing them to go back to their traditional role, which they didn't have the luxury of when Tlaib was out. So Marcus Peters, much more comfortable in his role, had one of his best games of the season, and Tlaib is still holding it down on the outside. So uh, they were throwing at him, trying to challenge him a little bit in Chicago, and he had some catches go his way. But overall, no big threat as far as through the air, and we really solved that. And I'm hoping that this big tidal wave of Tlaib coming back will slowly work its way to that D-line. We talked about the struggles our D-lines had against the run, and, and really, as we're getting picky on this defense, and before, we're giving up 30, 40 points a game. Our defense is really putting us in, in ugly situations. You know, if we give up 160 yards and we only give up 15 points, again, I'm sorry. I'm going to be good with that. Um, what scares me is that we're going to give up 160 yards and it's going to be a lot more than 15 points. And then all of a sudden, that gap that we're looking at is much bigger. So Tlaib's return has been has paid huge dividends so far. And I'm excited to see this thing go deeper into big, meaningful games and to see his impact directly as far as interceptions and you know pass deflects and things like that. So great question. I 100% agree with you. I think Tlaib's return is huge. All right, next one from Clarence Tolliver. Clarence says, is the O-line struggle because there was a lot of blown assignments last night or is it the Bears defense that nice? Whew, a little bit of combo, my man. Uh, I think the Bears D is that nice, and they really were able to put pressure. I mean, you, you look at that. Everyone, everyone shouts out Khalil Mack, but they were getting pressure from all over last night, right up the middle, on the outsides. Jared Goff had just enough time to throw the ball, but he looked uncomfortable the whole time. Yes, our O-line struggled solely, letting pressure right up through the middle. Obviously, he was banged up a little bit, but we saw missed blocks from Blythe. Whitworth had some penalties. Overall, did a really good job on Mack again, but yeah, our O-line did not look its best. 
It's not looked like it did earlier in the season. Hopefully, these are things that we can correct moving forward. But, yeah, I got to give some credit to that Bears defense because they were flying around, making plays, and I think it was just as much as their defense as it was our O-line kind of not playing so well. And I saw, actually, uh, Matt Nagy was on Monday Night Football, and they did an interview with him, and he kind of pointed that out, too. He said that was the best our defense played all year. They were flying around making plays. Uh, they played for each other, some, things that we talk about doing, right, as a defense. And, and, they, and they did it really well a few nights ago. So I got to give credit to the Bears defense, probably, you know, top three defenses in the league. And right now, the way they're playing, probably one of the best defenses in the league. So need better from our line, but that was a tough matchup. And then last but certainly not least, big ups, Bill Overbaugh. Is there any chance that Michael Kaiser or another inside linebacker might start to see some more playing time. Mark Barron doesn't seem to be holding up at the point of attack. And yeah, Bill, I think we're all ready for that because Kaiser played pretty well in the preseason, never has really gotten a chance this season. Um, you know, he filled in when, when Barron was hurt a little bit. And I'm not asking for Mark Barron to be hurt again, but I'd like to see some little bit of a rotation, especially when Mark Barron you know, a couple of years ago when he came over and we were really excited about Mark Barron, he was flying around making tackles. He was leading the team in tackles at one point a couple of years ago. And now not so much. Um, you know, that's Littleton on our team as far as the tackle leader. And Michael Kaiser, one of those young guys we got in the draft that we're really excited about where we got him. And I really think that this is kind of a, you know, you draft one of those first round quarterbacks and even though nowadays football, they're throwing him in there, but let him sit behind somebody, learn about the position, and then he starts to come in. I don't know what we're going to do with Mark Barron, but if I were to guess right now with his salary, um, they're going to try to get him off the books. He hasn't played up to the way that we're paying him. They've got a bunch of other people that they need to pay. So uh, one of the casualties of this team you know, in the offseason might be Mark Barron. I mean, he's kind of playing him out himself out of a role. We drafted a couple guys in that position and I think it's going to be a key thing moving forward is an edge rusher and another linebacker in the draft coming up probably maybe even a backup quarterback but I don't think Mark Barron has much time left so he better step it up or else uh, you know Micah Kaiser is going to come steal his job but for that to happen he's got to get an opportunity and and I don't know they've been pretty heavy on leading on veterans and giving them an opportunity so uh, you never know with injury and what's going to happen but right now it's Mark Barron and you're right we got to see some improvement at the point of attack because that run game, someone's got to be there on the second level to stop that run. Uh, a lot of the running attack was almost right up the middle uh, and 190 yards on the ground versus the Bears. It could have been a lot worse, but we're going to need guys like Mark Barron to step up. Great question, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, guys, I think I got everyone's question. Right now the clock's telling me like 50 minutes. I hope I can edit this down to a reasonable 35 minutes, but hey, for all you guys out there that are listening, I've gotten a lot of great feedback is this is your morning drive listen. Uh, this is when you walk your dog in the morning. And so the longer the episode, the better for you guys. I hope you enjoy this. We're going to be back tomorrow. Locked on crossover. Locked on Eagles. So if you got any questions for them, send them in. I'll pick their brain a little bit. We're going to talk about the matchup this coming Sunday. Primetime. Sunday night football out here in L.A. If you guys are going to the game, hit me up with pictures. Tag me on social media at Lockdown Rams at LA underscore Rambling Bear. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Let them know it ain't a sweep off. This gon' be. 
The only joint made this year that'll knock to 2003. And y'all gon' see that the hottest uh, out there was, is, and will be me. Just like that, I can go away for a minute, do some other.